Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the IMI Talking Leadership podcast. My guest today is Roger Delves. Roger is a professor of leadership practice at Asheridge Business School, and his interests lie in helping others to understand the roles of authenticity and emotional intelligence in leadership and team engagement. He's co-author of a book called Inspiring Leadership, which showcases the best of leadership development practice. Roger recently hosted one of our IMI mini masterclass virtual events where he discussed transformational leadership. And I think a lot of us are probably a bit more familiar with the concept as a whole than we are with the name of transformational leadership. So Roger, I'll hand over to you to introduce yourself to our listeners and give us a quick overview of what transformational leadership actually is. Thank you, Farah. Thank you very much for asking me to join you. Um, Yeah, let me say a word briefly about uh, Ashridge. So Ashridge is the executive education campus for Holt International Business School. Um, Holt and Ashridge joined forces back in 2015. Uh, And so I teach um, on the MBA program at Holt um, and uh, a number of different programs at Ashridge uh, Executive tailored programs at Ashridge, and I've been working with the IMI for about three years now. So uh, it's a tremendous pleasure to be with you today and to have an opportunity to talk a little bit more about some of these ideas that um, around transformational leadership. So thank you, Farah. Brilliant. So, Roger, let's go straight into it. What is transformational leadership? Aha. Well, that could take us um, three days to talk about, and sometimes it does. Um I suppose the simplest explanation that I have for transformational leadership is that transformational leadership is that leadership that takes teams' performance beyond reasonable expectations. So it's that leadership that you get that transforms a team so that that team performs beyond any reasonable expectations that the organization might have of that team. Lots of people use the the term transformational leadership to describe leadership that isn't actually transformation at all. It might be good and it might help teams meet their targets, but it isn't transformational because it doesn't create teams that perform beyond reasonable expectations. Those are the three words that I keep reminding teams about. Transformational leadership is leadership that helps teams perform beyond reasonable expectations. Thanks very much, Roger, for that. And you mentioned on your session with us that transformational leadership is not necessarily a replacement for transactional leadership. So on the flip side, what is transactional leadership and where does it have its place? No, absolutely. Transformational leadership absolutely is not a replacement for transactional leadership. All leaders need to be able to lead transactionally because all teams exist to do something, to to meet some set of targets or goals or vision or mission. And when we transact within a team, that's this sort of if-then. If you do this for me, then this is what will happen for you. It's, it's what's often called contingent reinforcement. Um, if you don't do this for me, then this is what will happen for you as well. And within teams, being able to lead transactionally so that ab- absolutely everybody is clear about what they're there to do 
and how they have to do it and when and where they have to do it and with whom they have to do it and what happens if they don't do it well and what happens if they do do it well. All of that helps to get teams working efficiently and effectively and is really important within teams. Transformational leadership is what happens beyond that, not instead of that, but beyond that to get the team working beyond reasonable expectations. Thanks, Roger. I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of transformational leadership, transactional leadership, and how those two concepts fit together. So I want to dive a little bit more into transformational leadership. So on your session, you said that there are four characteristics of transformational leadership, and those are individualized considerations, inspirational motivation, idealized influence, and intellectual stimulation. It's a lot of eyes to remember. Yeah, a lot of eyes. Can you talk us through each of those and tell us how they relate to transformational leadership? Well, there will be some people listening who will recognize these. These are the four um, competencies within the model that was developed by um, uh, Bernard Bass and Bruce Avolio called the Multifactor Leadership Questionnaire or the MLQ which they developed in the 1990s and then developed further in, in the in the noughties. Uh, and the MLQ was the first and is probably still one of the most well-respected um, questionnaires to help people understand where the, how well-developed their skill levels are around transformational leadership. So the way I talk about this to leaders is to say think about each of these four areas as a competence within the skill set of transformational leadership so there are four competencies that leaders need to think about if they are to be good at transformational leadership and they are as you say inspirational motivation intellectual stimulation idealized influence and individual consideration but of course, that's not terribly accessible language. So it's about working through what is meant by each of these four competencies. Um, and one can spend a great deal of time thinking about each one. But broadly speaking and, and summarizing it, inspirational motivation is about helping the team and individuals within the team to be motivated in an inspired way by uh, giving them a sense of vision, a sense of mission, a sense of purpose. And each individual in the team may be inspired and motivated differently because each of us are motivated by different things. It's not a case of the same thing motivates everybody in the team. But equally, there may be a common motivating vision or mission that drives everybody along and different individual inspirational motivations as well. So a transformational leader has to know each individual in the team individually to know how to motivate in an inspirational way, each individual and the team as a whole. When you think about intellectual stimulation, what this is about is uh, constantly challenging the team to think 
to use the well, well world expression, inside and outside the box, to continue to challenge their own thinking and other people's thinking, to continue to think in new and different ways, and, and to have the space where that thinking is always welcomed and is, is never uh, rubbished. So uh, that's part of uh, feeling psychologically safe, uh, so that people are really encouraged to share their thinking about the challenges that they're facing as a team, the challenges that the brand or the product or the process or whatever it is they're responsible for is facing. And if teams are constantly intellectually stimulated, then the, there's this constant sense of, of innovation, of seeking to do things better or to do different things, which is what really good teams constantly have in their in their DNA, in their makeup, that they're not simply doing the same thing again and again and again. They're constantly challenging themselves and each other. So that's intellectual stimulation. Individualized consideration is where the leader has got to have a whole toolkit of ways to make every individual in the team feel that they have the leader's individual attention and that they are treated as an individual by the leader. So they need to feel a sense that the leader knows them as an individual, deals with them as an individual, understands them as an individual. So this is at the, at the heart of individualized consideration is the quality of the interpersonal relationship between the individual and the leader. And one of the things that I'm constantly talking to leaders about is how to invest time, energy, and effort in the interpersonal relationships that exist within the team that, that the leader leads. And it's not about friendship. It's about mutual respect, mutual trust, so that the whole team feels a, a real sense of everybody trusting one another, uh, everybody knowing what one another is supposed to do, and knowing that the other person will do what they're supposed to do to the very best of their ability, regardless of situation or circumstance. So for that to happen, the leader has got to know each person in the team individually know their hopes and their dreams and their fears and their ambitions and their sense of purpose and what gets them out of bed in the morning and all that sort of stuff. Now that takes time, but if they don't do that, they're not able to lead people individually. And that's a really important part of transformational leadership. And then the fourth competency, idealized influence, is about the leader themselves setting an ideal example all day, every day, so that they are constantly a shining example of how people in the team should behave, should react, should contribute. Um, it's a really hard thing for a leader to do because you, you, you can sometimes see you never get any time off. But you always have to be on it 
as a transformational leader, you constantly need to be walking the walk and talking the talk and offering this idealized influence, this gold standard of behavior, which is what you demand from the people in the team that you lead. So very briefly, those are those those four competencies of transformational leadership. Uh, you could go into each of them into far more depth, of course, but that's that's the idea, um, and, and it's drawn from that work of Bass and Avolio, uh, which they captured in the MLQ, the Multifactor Leadership Questionnaire. Thanks very much, Roger. I think that gives us a good overview of those four competencies and how all of those can lead towards transformational teams performing beyond reasonable expectations. And I think another factor that might be really important to achieve results within a team is employee engagement. So how can leaders, transformational leaders especially, ensure that their employees are kept engaged? Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think engagement is one of the huge challenges that faces um, industry at large and faces leaders. And I think that William Kahn, a great American academic who did a lot of work in this area, he said that personal engagement is a state influenced by three psychological conditions, which he described as meaningfulness, safety, and availability. And he said if, if an individual um, felt that any of these three psychological conditions were challenged, they could not feel engaged. So meaningfulness is about my job, my role. Um, do I feel that what I do has meaning? My personal interactions with people, do I feel that I am felt to be important by other people? Do I myself feel that I am important? And does the way other people treat me and the way I, uh, the way other people interact with me support this feeling? So if people don't feel that, that there, there is a sense of meaningfulness in who they are and in what they do, they won't feel engaged. People need also to feel that the interpersonal relationships that they have at work um, can and safely be pursued to that kind of level that I was just talking about. So they can be open and honest with people. Uh, they can trust people. Uh, they can share with people uh, things about themselves. So the nature of group dynamics, how we're led, how we're supported, if any of those things don't feel right or don't play right for people, they don't feel safe. And in any number of organizations, people genuinely don't feel safe because they feel that there are uh, toxic organizational politics at play, or there are there are people in, in the team who uh, are behaving in a way which is inappropriate, which is uh, where there is bullying involved or where there is uh, a pressure being put on people to behave in certain ways. Um, and things of this sort cause people to feel unsafe. And if they feel unsafe, they do not feel that they can engage 
with work and the challenges of work. And the third area, this area of availability, how much physical and emotional energy and confidence is available to me at work? How much availability do I bring to work? Now, it's difficult for me to be present and available at work if something big is distracting me the whole time. Um, the pandemic was a really good example of a huge external event which caused people to be present at work but not available at work because they were worrying about um, were their parents and or their grandparents safe in a care home? Were their children safe at home? Were their jobs safe because the industry they worked in was was being hugely affected by the pandemic? And in that environment, it was very difficult for people to be available at work because these external events were sucking their availability away. Now, from a team leader's point of view, these external events may not be something huge like the pandemic. It might be something very localised like a relationship breakup or something else going on in the home environment. Um, it might be something positive that's sucking that energy away, um, a, a new love affair or the birth of a new child or something like that. But if you're a, a team leader, one of your critical responsibilities is to be able to understand the degree to which each individual in your team feels that they have meaningfulness and they feel that their role has meaningfulness, that they feel safe and that they bring a high level of availability in order to feel engaged. Now, another way of looking at this was the work of Wilbur Schofeli, who said, look, when people are engaged, they work with vigour, they work with dedication, and they work with absorption. Okay, so that's fine. So, so what do they need in order to work in this way? He said they needed to feel that they had autonomy and self-efficacy. So if I have autonomy and self-efficacy, I feel that I can make decisions on my own, and I feel that I have some control over my day, my diary, my schedule, when I do what I do, and so on and so forth. If I don't feel I have autonomy and self-efficacy, if I just feel I'm somebody else's resource, then I'm much less likely to work with vigour, dedication and absorption. The next thing that was really important is being safe, which reflects very much what Khan was saying. If people don't feel safe at work, safe to be themselves, safe to speak up, um, safe from other people, other people's bullying, other people's uh, negative influence. If people don't feel safe, then they won't work with vigour, dedication and absorption. So if people feel that they're being discriminated against, uh, if people feel that there isn't trust, if people feel that there isn't fairness, they won't feel safe and they won't work with vigour, 
dedication and absorption. And if people don't feel they're working in a positive climate, then they won't work with vigor, dedication and absorption. Now, what the research showed, which brings us back to where we were before, is that people felt a sense of autonomy and self-efficacy. They felt safe and they felt in a positive climate more than anywhere else when they were being led in a transformational way. That was the leadership style that was most likely to support these preconditions that led to vigor, dedication, and absorption. So transformational leadership is actually closely aligned with, closely connected to levels of engagement, if, if that all makes sense in the way I've just explained it. Thanks, Roger. It's very interesting to hear about all of the ways that transformational leadership can help keep employees engaged and get them performing beyond reasonable expectations. And I want to pick up a bit more on something that you mentioned, which is that concept of safety and trust. And I think that psychological safety is a real buzzword. And I've probably asked about 50% of the guests on this podcast in the past year, some kind of question around psychological safety. So I want to get your take on it. How exactly can leaders cultivate an environment where people do feel safe? Well, psychological safety is a is a term uh, created famously by Amy Edmondson, who um, is a, a Harvard-based academic. Um, and when she was talking about it, some of the ideas that she talked about and some of the concepts that surround psychological safety is people feel psychologically safe critically when they feel it's okay to fail it's okay to try something and it for it not to work out if people feel that they can't fail that if they fail bad stuff happens they won't feel psychologically safe and they also won't try things unless they are absolutely certain that they will succeed. So critical to psychological safety is this sense of feeling free to fail. Then there's also this sense of speaking truth to power and speaking truth to each other or, or the ability to have difficult conversations up the, up the organization, down the organization, across the organization. In order to have difficult conversations, you need to feel psychologically safe. You need to feel that there is an existing relationship built on some sort of sense of um, mutual respect and mutual regard and mutual trust that allows you to offer constructive critical feedback or to say something which somebody might find it difficult to hear in safety. And it's also the case that if you if there is psychological safety, you are able to hear something which may be difficult to hear in safety without there being negative repercussions. Now that's hugely important to the ability of a team to work well. 
if you can't say or you can't hear difficult things without there being repercussions on the team's ability to work well, the team will never work beyond reasonable expectations because the team will never be able to have those difficult conversations that improve performance. Also critical to psychological safety is this idea of trusting and being trusted. So trust is critical to psychological safety. If you feel psychologically safe, you feel safe to take interpersonal risks. You feel safe to speaking up to disagree. So when you feel this kind of safety away from work, you're in a relationship where you can tell somebody when you think they're doing something wrong or tell somebody when you think they're about to make a bad decision or tell somebody when you think that the view they hold is not supportable. Knowing that the relationship can, can take the tension that that conversation might create. That's what feeling psychologically safe is about. It's also about feeling included. If I don't feel included in a team, I'm not going to feel psychologically safe. Now, inclusion means more than just being involved. So if I am one of, if I am the only or one of very few males in a female team or old people in a young team or white people in a black team or whatever it might be, I might be involved. But unless that team changes to reflect my age or my gender or my ethnicity and includes me, then that team will not be taking full advantage of me and I will not feel psychologically safe. So feeling included, not just involved, but included so that the team is actually changing to absorb me, that is part of psychological safety as well. So those are the kind of things that are central to feeling psychologically safe. Thanks, Roger. And I want to end with one more question, and I think mm. it ties quite nicely into this whole concept of psychological safety. I did a series on the IMI podcast recently that was all about creativity and innovation and this kind of concept of thinking of it outside of the box and how you could do that. So I'm curious to hear from you. Is there a relationship between transformational leadership and nurturing those concepts of creativity and innovation in that psychologically safe environment? Well, yes, look, I, I think there has to be a relationship between them. Um, if you think about those four competencies of transformational leadership, if you're trying to help people to be, to be thinking about innovation, having, having the ability to engage with inspirational motivation and intellectual stimulation on a group, on a group level, has got to help that. Being able to engage with inspirational motivation, intellectual stimulation, and um, individual consideration at an individual level has also has to help that. 
has to stimulate that right environment. Being entrepreneurial, being innovative, so much of that is about the environment in which you work. When I go into highly innovative organizations, the way they're structured, the way that the physical building works, um, the amount of spaces that are given over to um, free thinking, um, they're just built differently. And if you want to get teams like that working at their best, they need to be led differently. And I think that the the differences of transformational leadership, where the focus is on performing beyond reasonable ex expectations through getting the very best out of each individual, I think that's got to have a really strong connection with what you're talking about. And I would say that that style of leadership is particularly well-suited to areas where people are looking for innovation, uh, where people are looking for uh, individuals and teams to thinking new and fresh in different ways. So yeah, I see a real connection there. Thanks very much, Roger. That was a great conversation. And I really hope that some of our listeners can understand these competencies of transformational leadership and start implementing them within their teams to start seeing these results of performing beyond reasonable expectations. So thank you very much for joining us on the IMI Talking Leadership podcast today. And thank you to everyone for listening. You can subscribe on SoundCloud or on your preferred podcast provider to ensure that you don't miss an episode. Until next time.